No one is immune to the effects of trauma, even if it is coming from a secondary source. Welcome to another mini episode of the Safe and Reliable podcast. I'm your host, Salima Ismail. Today, I am joined by Samantha Herbert, an HRO expert to discuss compassion fatigue, what some refer to as the cost of caring. Compassion fatigue is easy to manage, but only once it's identified. It's insidious because someone who suffers from compassion fatigue can have a hard time figuring out the source. Not too long ago, I worked with a chaplain who was feeling down, tired, and just not himself. He wasn't enjoying things like he normally does, and he couldn't figure out why. It was especially frustrating for him because he's a mental health provider, so he knew how to fix these feelings in others, but why couldn't he fix it in himself? So it turned out that because of his extremely empathetic nature, listening to others' trauma for extended periods of time started weighing down on him, and eventually he became numb. He would put himself in the patient's shoes so often and begin to take on their feelings. He didn't know that his empathy was causing him secondhand trauma, so he started neglecting his own self-care that would have helped him to stay mentally strong while he worked. Fortunately, the chaplain was relieved to realize what he was experiencing and sought counseling to help manage his compassion fatigue. However, there is something to note about the chaplain's case that seems universal for those who take on the role of a carer a feeling of frustration at being the one who needs help. This is the hardest part for many providers and caregivers because as the person providing care, they feel they have to be stronger or they can't have emotions. And unfortunately, most healthcare systems don't actually provide training for providers on the importance of self-care and how to recognize when it's their turn to ask for help. Instead, providers have their identities so wrapped up in being the helper and the one with the solutions, they end up feeling inadequate and weak if they have to admit that they're not okay. This mentality is reflected and reinforced in healthcare systems that do not encourage open and honest communication about feelings, stories, successes, and failures. One of the best things a senior leader can do is to share their own experiences of dealing with compassion fatigue and and model their own self-care to their teams. This sends the message that self-care is not only the right thing to do, but it's mission critical. Since we cannot change our current healthcare culture overnight to systematically combat compassion fatigue, Samantha has a couple of suggestions on what we can do on an individual level. It's important to note that compassion fatigue is not limited to only healthcare providers. Anyone in a caregiving role can experience compassion fatigue. You may be the helper in your family and therefore take on the trauma of your loved ones while forgetting about yourself. If you are in a caregiving role, whether professional or in your personal life, I encourage you to take some time out of each day and take some of that empathy you give to others and give it to yourself. Take a break, journal, exercise, build a network of support with coworkers or friends who are in similar situations and talk about your feelings. Try to regularly ask yourself, Have I been exposing myself to a lot of trauma? Am I working too much? Have I been empathizing so much with others that I forgot about myself? Checking in with yourself and taking the time to recharge will help you to stay mentally resilient and ultimately be a better caregiver. If you want to learn more about compassion fatigue or how you as a leader can help mitigate this in your own team, 
please email podcast at srh.care. Today's episode was produced by me, Salima Ismail, and Samantha Herbert, with a special thanks to Joan Gordon. Music provided by Lemon Cream from freesound.org. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you again soon.